hear me? Good morning to everyone. How are you? Good? Are we having a good 2017? You should be by now. It's only a few hours in, right? You started it off right. You're in the best place, right? Good. Good to see you guys. I can tell you this on, on this Sunday. I've put off this Sunday as far as I could. I was supposed to uh, preach in 2016. That was the direction from Pastor Kevin. For those of you guys that don't know yet, I am not Pastor Kevin. <laughs> Pastor Kevin is on a well-deserved vacation, a much-anticipated vacation, I can tell you that. Uh, and uh, let's pray for their safe arrival home because they're on their way back home today. So, like I mentioned, I, I put off this Sunday as, as long as I could. Uh, I was supposed to talk uh, in December, I think the first week of December. And I said, well, how about the second week of December? Okay, second week of December, Chris. You know what? I'm thinking the third week of December. Well, we got Christmas. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's go to the last week in December. All right, last week in December, Chris. You know what? That, I don't think that's going to work for me. Let's do the, let's do the first, let's do the first. We'll do January 1st, 2017. So, I made it, I guess, in, in, in some respects. Uh, it's, we'll consider it within one year of when he told us, right guys? Good enough, right? So, I was going to start, uh, today with, um, a video because it's New Year's. We all have resolutions. Do some of us have resolutions? No? You're going to break them anyway, right? Lose 10 pounds. Be nicer to people. Don't complain about work until Tuesday comes and you go back to work and you're complaining about it two hours in, right? I was going to start with uh, Richard Simmons. You guys remember Richard Simmons? Sweating to the oldies, okay? I was going to start, because uh, I didn't want our resolutions to die when we got here this morning, so I was going to start with uh, sweating to the oldies, but you know what happened was I started watching the video, and uh, it's going to be a cheesy joke just so you know I've been playing this one. Uh, sweating to the oldies, but I realized sweating to the oldies, I was both sweating and old when I watched it, so I said, let's go ahead and put it off. I didn't want to watch you guys sweat, and I didn't think that you wanted to watch me do the same thing. If you guys want to uh, open your Bibles, I invite you to do that. I was told to invite you to open your Bibles this morning. I do not want to force you to. We're going to read out of the book of Hosea. Now, if you open your Bible, literally take your thumbs and split the Bible in half, you should be right around Hosea. Page 640, if that helps. So, open that up. As you guys are turning there, I'm going to open in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful day today, Lord Jesus. I thank you for a brand new year, Lord. I thank you that it's the start of uh, brand new beginnings for many people, Lord Jesus, and for many of the people here in this uh, congregation today. Lord, let this word lurk, work on their hearts as much as it's worked on mine. I pray for uh, this time together, Lord Jesus. In your heavenly name I pray, amen. i got to be honest with you guys, though. To start, my dad said to me, if you get out a little early and you talk a little short, it's okay, we'll get out of church early today. So, Dad, I'll remember that as we near uh, 11 o'clock. We're in Hosea 1. We're going to start in uh, verse 2. Now, we're approximately 700 years before the birth of Christ in Hosea. It's a small book in the Bible. doesn't mean it's any less important. Uh, but again, we're, uh, we're in a time where the prophet Hosea lived in the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, the kingdom of Israel at the time is enjoying a huge time of prosperity. Okay? They're seeing grain upon grain. They're seeing blessing upon blessing. They're seeing opportunities in front of them they never thought they'd have. We're talking big screen TVs, right? Not just high def, we're talking 4K. We're talking ultra high definition TVs, Mercedes Benz in the park, in the driveway, uh, you know, big, huge McMansions. It's a time of prosperity for these people. 
But in this prosperity, they've begun to lose the reason why the prosperity is there. Their hearts have changed. They've taken their opportunities. They've taken all these blessings and used them for idol worship. They've used them for all kinds of other reasons besides worshiping God. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll start with a video this morning, and then uh, we'll read out of Hosea. Drama, right? Huh? On the next episode. It's like a future Maury Povich episode, right? All right. Yeah, now you act like you don't watch it. Okay, fine. To set this up a little bit for you, Hosea 6, you don't have to turn there, 6 4. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. He's showing that the time in Israel of this, uh, of this uh, great prosperity, the love that they have for God literally disappeared in an instant. It's like waking up in the morning and, and, and looking out the window and seeing the dew in the grass. You go turn around, get a cup of coffee. As you make your way out to your car in the morning, the dew's disappeared. He's representing his love like that morning mist along, along your lawn. So to set this all up for today, God tells Hosea, go and marry a prostitute. And we'll start there in uh, verse 2 of Hosea, chapter 1. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Is this the news you want to hear from God when you're deciding to get married? Go and take yourself a wife of prostitution. In having that wife, go and have children with her. Lock it in. Solidify this marriage by having children with her from other people. Does this sound like the start of a successful relationship? No, this is not the news that I would want to have going into my relationship. But from the start, Hosea understands that this is not going to be a typical marriage. This is probably not what I was thinking when I was a young man saying, when I get older, I'm going to find a wife that's going to be a great mother to my kids. We're going to have a great life together, vacation. No, Hosea, this is God. Uh, Go take up a wife, and uh, she's a prostitute. And uh, by the way, have some kids with her, and they'll be out of uh, her prostitution. At the end of that verse, it says that Gomer bore him a son. Now, before I go on for a second, Gomer. Gomer is the female's name here, his wife. I can tell you on the short list of names, when we named our daughter Morgan, Gomer was not one of them. She's a prostitute. She's going to cheat on him. And her name is Gomer. It's not exactly the way that, you know, you probably want to set up your relationship. Yeah, have you talked to Gomer? You seen her? Just telling you. In verse 3, though, it says that they had a son together. Now, it's important to note here in the, in the scripture, and you'll see in a second why, that she bore a son to Jose here. They named that child Jezreel. Again, we're going to go with these names here. Jezreel, the people in Israel knew at the time of Jezreel. They understood this place as a place of complete and utter chaos, murder, terrible things. In 2 Kings 10, the, the, it lines up about... Uh, 
Jezreel about King Jehu and about the nation being basically destroyed, turned against God, killed people, murder. It would be like naming your child Baghdad today. It's a place that we understand, or Aleppo. It's a place that we understand of famine. It's a place that we understand of war, of battles, of struggle, of hard times. Your first son, Hosea, Jezreel. So when he's out there and he's playing with his friends, Jezreel, young Baghdad, come back inside quick. Again, it's, it's, it's a name. But there's so much meaning behind the name. There's so much there. It's God saying to him, remember when you're yelling out to your son? Remember when you're calling back? Remember when people hear your son's name? They're going to be reminded of this place, this place of tragedy, this place of war, this place of famine. It's saying that God has not forgotten the seriousness of what took place in Jezreel. In Hosea 1.6, God says to name his uh, second daughter, Lo Ruhamah. I practiced that for a little while. Not pitied. Again, the name. The scripture does point out here, you may see it there that it says, the child, uh, she became pregnant with her second child. Doesn't say that the child was born to Hosea. It says that she had a second child. She became pregnant with a second child. Now, there's multiple commentary on it that says there's something to that scripture there saying that this is the first child out of adultery. Not 100% confirmed, but uh, it looks like in scripture that the two scriptures are, are different in that respect. And that's, that's the reason why. Name your second child Lohuama, not pitied, no mercy. Again, on the list of names, my first daughter, no mercy, not pitied. You see, what's happening here is that Gomer's ways, her sin, the things that she's up to, this prostitution life, this sin that she's taking place in every single day, it's having ramifications. There's cause to it. There's action, and there's something that comes out of it, right? And out of this is a child that's considered not pitied. Sin is starting to beget something. God says, no mercy. Be reminded of this when you call out for your child. No mercy. It's God's response to Israel at the time. No mercy against the sin. This is a representation of what's happening with my people. In Hosea 1, 8 through 9, Gomer has a third child, a son, and God says to name this, this child, Loami, not my people. Sorry about that. Not my people. Again, the name, Gomer, goes back out, becomes pregnant with another child. That child, Another son, or another, another son in, the, in their family. Again, God says, name this child Loami, not my people. Showing his feelings towards Israel at the time. Again, it was God's way of symbolizing the rejection of the Israel people. You are not my people because I am not your God. God doesn't want to lose the people of Israel. But it's a response. God has to eventually say, at some point, enough is enough. Enough is enough. You can't say you're my people and worship everything else. 
Spend your time and your effort on everything else. Again, the scripture does not say that this child was born out of the relationship. If you guys can turn to chapter 2, verse 14. We see a shift here. We see a change is taking place now. Suddenly this relationship that now Hosea knows is, is, is not working out. There's a lot of problems here. I got three kids. All of them have names that are terrible. They, they mean horrible things. They're constant reminders of the sin and all the problems that are taking place. You can imagine the anger that Hosea has towards his wife. The relationship that he's been seeking after for years and years and years. This is the result of it. The result of it is a, is a prostitute for a wife. Is a woman who's out every single night, doesn't even know where she is. And out of that relationship, she's coming home time and time again with another problem. Another issue. Another result of her sin that has to be brought into this relationship and has to be dealt with by Hosea. In verse 14, we go back to that shift. It says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. I will speak tenderly to her and to her heart. God's giving light in the darkness. God's saying, Although sin is serious, and I'm upset at your sin. I am still a God of love. I love that. Allure. Allure. Powerfully attract or charm to tempt. Do you think that Hosea, uh, that Hosea at this time wants to allure his wife back? Think about this for a second. Honestly, in your own relationship, in your own thing, when you're scorned by people in your life, is your initial reaction to go back and say, well, let me step up my nice game a little bit. Let me get a little nicer and see if that works out for me. Oh, it didn't work out. You know what? Maybe I'll be nicer next time. I'll, I'll be even nicer. No. When people cheat us and they come against us and there's a problem, what do we do? We close in. We become angry. We driving around all day, right? This guy said that to me. If I, if I went back there again, I'd say this. Right? Don't we do that? If I had the chance one more time. If he, if he says that to me again, I'm going to say this. Right? We're very strong at home. We, we say all these things, you know. My wife's probably tired of me saying that to her. This guy, if I talk to that bad guy tomorrow, I'm telling you right now, he's going to hear from me. You're going to see. Our initial reaction is not to say, let me powerfully attract this person. You know, I'm reminded like when, when, uh, when you start dating someone, you know, uh, or when you're, when you're dating and you're, you're looking for a, a female or a male, uh, you know, and, you, and you're in this dating relationship and you're starting to date and you're looking for a husband, you're looking for a wife. It's like you're getting ready for that date, you know. You take it to the next level. You get your hair just right. You go get your best outfit out of the closet. You put nice cologne on. You go back and forth in the mirror 15 times. You check yourself out over and over again. You make sure you're on your best. You clean your car. You shine it up. You're going to go pick her up. You're going to get flowers. 
You're going to pick out the best radio station. So when you pick her, pick her up, she's like, oh, and I like your taste in music too. You know, you're really stepping it up. You're going to the next level with it. That's what God's saying here, though. I want you to go out and allure her. Powerfully attract her. In verse 15, God says he'll give her, Israel, her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a place of trouble, a door of hope and expectation. You see, what's happening here is that he's saying that all of these things that in your life have been problems, all these things in your life that have been the result of something bad, something horrible, all this trouble that's coming, this valley of acorn in your life, this constant problem, this constant struggle, these are the places I'm going to make hope and expectation show up. These are the places that I'm going to say, you remember that? You remember that time? Now we've come a long way since then, right? These places of embarrassment, of shame, many of us have them. To look back and say, but you know what that was? That was an opportunity. That was a place where I said, you know what, God? I'm turning around from that. That's an opportunity. That was me then. That was what I did then. That was my problem then. But this is me now. God has not changed that for today. God is wooing us, alluring us. Do you guys feel that inside sometimes? You mess up and your first reaction is, gosh, why did I do that? The sin that so easily gets us every time. Why, why did I do that again? God, why did I do that again? Oh, do you see what's happening there? There's that allure. It's almost like a smell that literally comes about. It's this powerful attraction, this charm that God has. I'm still here. I'm still here. Don't worry, I'm still here. In Hosea 2, 22 through 23, Starting in verse 22. I will respond to Jezreel as restored Israel, who prays for supply. I will have love, pity, and mercy for the one I call not pitied, the Ruhamah. I will say, those who are not my people, lo ami, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. This is showing the restoration. That out of tragedy, out of brokenness, came love. These names that were representing the terribleness, the horribleness, the reminders of sin, of brokenness, of war, of famine of disobedience, of turning away from God, these are the things now that are being changed. These are the things now that are being restored. That name no longer means that name. That name Jezreel, that will be remembered for a place where I came along. That name, Lo Ruhamah, that's going to be the place where I showed mercy. Lo Ami, that's going to be the place where I said, you are my people. God was prepared to change the story. He was prepared to change it all.
in 1 Peter 2.10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you were not a people, literally not a people, not a person with a place, not a person with a thing, no identity. Now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Do you see this repetition now? Do you see in Peter where suddenly this, this story from Hosea is coming back again? You remember that time long, long ago when you weren't my people? Oh, now you are. You remember that time when there was no mercy? So long ago. So long ago. Let's return to Hosea and Gomer. See how the marriage is going. In uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is adulterous, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes, which were used uh, in um, idol worship at the time. So I bought her for myself, for 15 pieces of silver and a homer and a half of barley, which is the price, meets up for the price of a common slave. The price of a common slave at the time was 30 shekels of silver. I had to make sure I put in this joke for PK. You see he's paying a homer for a gomer. But I'm... <laughs> Room shot. Nate? What's happening here is where is this wife now? Can you guys see what's happening in this story now? Where's the wife gone? Back to prostitution, back to adultery, back to her old ways. She's out there, she's doing her life, living her thing, hasn't come home in a while. Jose is changing diapers, doing the nighttime bed stories. He's doing the whole thing. He's dad, umero, numero, uno, one. Number one dad, right? Taking care of it all. I took care of it for half a day for a few years, and I can tell you it was enough for me, and that was a half a day. Sorry, Blake and Morgan. But... Hosea is taking up the whole role. His wife is gone, doing her thing. And then, hey, uh, when she shows back up and uh, she needs uh, some help with this new kid she's got or she needs help with this new problem, eh, she shows back up on scene. But through this time, what happens actually is that she's sold to slavery. In her prostitution and adultery, she's sold off. Now, this is Hosea's wife. You know what I'd be doing? Walking in. Get up. Let's go. It's my wife. Come on back home. Doesn't say that here, does it? I'd be knocking in the door. Be like, hey, come on. Let's get back home. There's a price to be paid here. He can't just show up on scene and say, that's my wife. Honey, babe, get back in the car. Come on, let's go. She's owned by something. She's owned by someone. She's owned by this prostitution. She's owned by this adultery. There was a price that had to be paid. Hosea couldn't just walk in and say, Gomer, come on back home. Enough of this nonsense. No, there was a price. She was owned by this. She was owned by her prostitution. She was owned by her sin. 
Hosea doesn't have much. He gets together every little bit that he can, get, that he can find. Fifteen shekels of silver, some barley here, a homer. Get this, get that, get everything I can get. Bring it on down. Hey, this is what I got. It's my wife. I got three kids at home. I want my wife back. Much like God had to purchase us from our slave, sin. Although he had to do that with the ultimate price, my son. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. We see this message, we see the story repeating itself, right? Slave sin has a price. And we are owned by that sin when it takes place. We've all done this. We've all raised things in our life to the level of God, to the level of idols. We've taken our time. We've taken our money. We've taken everything that we have and said, let me put my effort toward this. This will make me feel better. This will change me. These new clothes, this new house, this new relationship. Yeah, it will change eventually. I'll eventually work for God. I'll eventually give this all to God. We're owned by this. There was a slave. We were selling ourselves over and over and over again to our old lifestyle, the old things we're doing. We are prostitutes in our sin. We are adulterers in our marriage to God. We are owned by our slave owner. God understood this, understood that there was a price to be paid, understood that he wanted his wife back. He'd pay any price he could. And the price was his son. We've desired love and affection from things other than God. We've taken our time, taken our money, taken our efforts and, and, and given them to, to everything else but God. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is a message to all of us. This relationship is easy to be on the outside looking in and saying, man, what a horrible wife. Who would deal with that? Who would deal with all those problems? Who would deal with a wife that cheats on you over and over again? Who takes off on you? Who wants nothing to do with you? You made a promise to her? A promise? What a joke. She wants nothing to do with you. We've met these people in our lives. I'm sure we've seen these people in a relationship and, and you know things are happening and you're like, man, I feel so bad for that husband or wife. They don't know anything that's going on. But this marriage was a representation of us. Our disobedience. Our desire for sin. Our love and affection for everything else but God. Romans 5.8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you think that Gomer, in her slave and her prostitution, was thinking about her husband? Probably not. Do you think that maybe it was a passing thought about these kids and stuff like that? 
eh, maybe from time to time. Do you think that Hosea was thinking about his wife and saying, eventually she'll come back home. Eventually she'll, she'll realize the error of her ways and come on back. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in our sin, Christ was going out and finding us. God wanted us just the way we were. There wasn't, didn't have to be this time where Hosea got a phone call and said, Hey, it's me, Gomer. Uh, I'm ready to come back. Come pick me up. I'm at the bus station. Hey, he said it's uh, going to be 15 shekels of silver today instead of 30. So if you come down now, you can grab me. While we were yet sinners, there was no setup, no preparation. The person that we are today is the one that God wants. In all of our embarrassment, all of these times, in all of these valleys of acor, these places of trouble, these places of embarrassment, can I tell you today that there is nothing that is going to surprise God about the problems and the embarrassment you have. The problems that you were living that day, God was there. The problems that you're living today, He's here. And the problems you're going to have tomorrow, He'll be there. There is no qualification God says in Leviticus 26.12, I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. Lo ami. We see it there again. That third, that third child in the relationship. You will be my people. I will walk among you. He's there. Our penalty for the sin has been purchased. There is no depth too deep, no place too far, no thing too dark that God is not prepared to be there with you for. We, we sang a song today, Jesus Culture Fierce. I love that song. I love it. There's a line that song says, Relentless in Pursuit. Did you guys hear that this morning? I hear it because I was listening for it, but I love that lyric. Relentless in pursuit. Relentless in seeking me out relentless in finding me, relentless in being with me, relentless in walking with me, relentless in coming after me. You're the guy I want, Chris. Just the way you are. Don't worry about it. That's, that's who I want. That's who I want. No, don't say anything more. You're the one I want. And I go back and do my own thing. No, I'm still here. Right behind me, chasing me down. The lyric in the song says, you chase me down. You seek me out. Do you think that Hosea wanted to seek out and chase down his wife? in slave ownership and prostitution and adultery? Do you think that he was running after her? No, he'd be like any scorned lover and say, screw this wife. I'm tired of dealing with this. Coming and going whenever she pleases, doing whatever she wants. As a police officer, when we pursue a bad guy, car pursuit, you guys watch Cops? not talking Greek to you guys. You guys know what I'm talking about. You're in a car chase, right? Exciting. Lights are going. Engines roaring. During that time when this happens, we have to call out our location. We have to call a bunch of information. So we got the steering wheel in one hand. We got the radio in another hand. We got a fire on the gas pedal. We got to talk on the radio. We got to watch what the guy's doing. We got to remember where we are. We got to watch our speed. We got to watch out for people. We got to watch out for cars. And during this time, we have to call out my location. I'm on Main Street. My speed, 45 miles an hour, increasing to 50. Traffic light. Conditions dry. I have to call it every 10 seconds. Every 10 seconds. Like a machine. Speed. Location. Boom. 
Boom, boom. During this time, there's someone listening. Guys who are coming to help me. Backup officers coming. Dispatch is listening so they can help me. They can find out where I am if I need more people, if I need more resources, so they can document it. They're listening to my voice. During this time, though, there's someone listening to me the whole time. A supervisor sits inside the building and listens to what I'm saying, listens to the sound of my voice. Am I anxious? Listens to the road conditions. Is it bad conditions? Is the speed too quick? Is the reason why we're chasing this guy worth all the risk that's there? Can we let this guy go and say, hey, another day? We'll give this guy another day. We know who he is. It's too dangerous. and There's just so much stuff against us. Let him go. We'll find him another day. He can also make the decision to keep on going. To say, no, no, no. I don't care about the adversity. I don't care about the risk. I don't care about all the things. This is a dangerous person. This is a person we need to get now. Relentless in their pursuit. Relentless in this pursuit of us. Relentless. Not giving up. Cannot stop doing it. God, after you. In face of all the adversities, in face of all the problems, of all the risk, of all the fears, God says, he's my people. That's my guy. I know he's dirty, I know he's banged up, but that's my Chris. I know she's been beaten. I know that she's had a hard life. I know that she's depressed. I know that she's been beat down by life. But that's my daughter. I know he's turned away from me hundreds of times, thousands of times. That's my son. That's my son. I don't care about all the adversity that came along with it. I don't care about all the problems that come along with him. That's my son. That's my daughter. I'm so thankful that God is relentless in his pursuit of me. Can we agree with that this morning? Are you not happy that God is not giving up on you? Are you not thankful that when you're sitting there and you've turned away from God again, that you turn right back around and say, he's still right here? I am so thankful for that. I am so thankful that God just loves me so. That he gave his son for me. There was nothing I had to do for that. I saw a bumper sticker driving on my way to work yesterday. It was so funny. And I'm like, it's got to be God. It says, if you could earn it, why did he die? That's all the bumper sticker said. Obviously for us, we know what that means. But I thought about these people who are driving around behind this car all day. If you could earn it, why did he die? They're probably like, who? Who died? Why? I got another video to wrap up. You see how her husband got up off that couch when she walked in the door. Anticipating her arrival. Anticipating that his bride would be back. Didn't matter what happened. Didn't matter what she was coming to the table with. He was waiting for her. I can tell you today that God is waiting on the couch for you to come home. 
He's anticipating your arrival. You are not going to show up with anything that he is not expecting. You are not going to show up and there's going to be a qualification at the door. He saw what was in front of him. He wrapped his arms around his bride. Embraced her. Said I loved you in a gesture. And instantly the images of the marriage are back. Instantly the love is there. Instantly the moment of the covenant is back. You said I do to me, God says. You said you love me. I remember that day. This moment of trouble, this moment of problem, I remember it as this. Today is January 1st. It's a brand new year. I am so thankful that it's January 1st in God's eyes every single day. That it's a brand new year every single day. That it's a brand new moment, a brand new life, a brand new opportunity. A brand new opportunity to say, I do again. Don't do it because today is January 1st. Do it because you know God's there waiting. You know that it's well-deserved. You know that he loves you so much. The thought of something better, a fresh new beginning to your story, that starts today. The page is blank again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful day today, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you are waiting for me every single moment of every single day. Father, you are relentless in your pursuit of me, Lord, just the way I am. You love me so much, Father. I thank you for these people. I thank you that the same blessing is over them, the same promise is over them, Father. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that these moments of trouble, these moments of embarrassment in our life, Father, these are moments that you're coming and saying, it's new again. Bless these people, Lord Jesus. Bless them with every contact that they have this year, every relationship that they have, Lord Jesus. May it be blessed beyond measure. I pray as they go out today, Lord Jesus, they be reminded of that relationship, reminded of that love. Thank you again, Lord. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Have a great day, guys. Thank you.